Country music. I love country music. Country music. Country music. The future of country music's looking good. I love it. Country confidential. We really enjoy being a sister duo because a there's not that many of them out there so it's fun to do something different and b we we love doing music together yeah. we have uh someone for the highs and lows like kendra mm-hmm. said and also uh two like two is better than one baby you know <laughs> takes two country confidential brooks and dunn brothers osborne dan and shay and the judds are just a few of country music's biggest duos Their harmonies and vocal collaborations add texture and distinction to each one of their unique sounds. Listening to them, I think it's safe to say that two really is better than one. Today, I'm talking with duos Honey County, Seaforth, Muscadine Bloodline, Sutherland, and Tiger Lily. Because it's nearly impossible to find two pairs of singers that sound alike, each duo brings something different to the country music landscape. I've always been curious to know how these artists meet their other half, why they decide to become a duo, and what makes them stand out among so many country artists. I want all the secrets and untold stories from being a duo in country music. I'm your host, Backstage Bobby, and this is Country Confidential, It Takes Two. Sophie Lynn and Danny Rose make up one of my favorite country duos right now, Honey County. They're a pop country duo that was actually founded in Los Angeles. To me, the blending of voices takes not only talent, but a strong bond. And Sophie and Danny exude both qualities perfectly. It takes time for a great bond to form. But these two really seem to know each other like the back of their hand. So it was really no surprise to me when they told me about how they met. The story of us meeting is really funny, actually. I I was doing country music in L.A. where Danny was living at the time, too. And I was like, I need to make some friends in the country music space because I had just moved back from college. And so I went out to um, the show at the House of Blues where Danny happened to be playing. And I saw her play and I was like, this girl's real cool, super talented. I should hit her up. We can write. Um, and so I messaged her on Instagram. I did the whole slide in the DMs. And I was like, hey, you want to write? I loved your set at um, the House of Blues. And she was like, actually, do you want to audition for a band? And um so yeah. it came at a really interesting time. The girls that um, Sophie had seen me play with at House of Blues actually wanted to exit the band and not be doing um, Honey County anymore. Um, and, you know, it just, it wasn't for them. And when Sophie messaged me, it was kind of like very much kismet and that she, you know, wanted to get together. And I looked at her Instagram and I was like, all right, I got to check this girl out. And she looks really cute and she sings really well. And I love her song. So, you know, let's, you know, let's try it. So she came over and I gave her a couple songs beforehand and we got together and we started playing and singing. And I thought, okay, this is really good, but we need to go to a party now. (laughs) And so we went out to a party that was step two of the audition. (laughs) We had a really good time. Sounds like a match made in heaven. I know, however, that duo names embody the artists that make them. Even though Sophie joined after the duo was named, I wanted to know how she still embodied the name Honey County. Honey County originated um, when one of the original girls um, was from Oklahoma, and she was from a county called Green County in Oklahoma. And we were talking, and she's like, I really want to be Green County. And I was like, well, we don't really, you know, smoke weed. So that doesn't really, (laughs) um, doesn't really work for us. Um, But I appreciate, you know, where your head's at. 
And so uh, we put together all of our names together and literally like a word scramble thing. And like, we came up with the, with several different words. And um, one of them was honey. And I was like, I love honey. Cause I was obsessed with Winnie the Pooh when I was younger. Um, and we all kind of agreed that that was going to be the name. Um, and as you know, bands change over time. We've seen it um, in the past with the Dixie Chicks. Natalie Maines was not the original um, third member. Um, we've seen it in Gloriano with different members. We've now seen it in a most recent group, Runway June. So members do change and switch out, but the name still remains the same because the new person that's coming to fill in sometimes almost fills it in the best. And, and we feel like, I mean, I feel like that with Sophie. Yeah. And we like to tell people like Honey County is not actually a place, you know, like County, but when we sing music and we play live together, it's wherever the music is, wherever the, the people are having a good time. And I feel like when I joined Honey County, that's exactly what it was. We were just having fun together. And we, the music was the center of what Honey County was. And so it, it didn't make sense to change it. It all just felt like it fit right into place. What's better than one brain? Um, two, it seems that sonically the duo's creativity is really limitless. But I asked the girls how they describe their own sound and how they find inspiration. We write from so many different influences. We love, obviously, like Shania Twain and the classic like 90s country women. But like Danny loves Almond Brothers and I love Usher. <laughs> and I love Usher. So it's like we have so many different influences that come together. It's I mean, yeah, when you think of Honey County, like we definitely have pop influences. Um, we were living in California for a while. Now we're here in Nashville. Um, I'm from Virginia, but originally, but we still have that California connection. Um, so we bring a lot of sunshine into our music, but there's a lot of harmonies. You know, we both love to sing together and we also split leads. So it's a really fun blend and mix. Even though the girls have a lot of pop influences, Honey County is a great country duo. So I wanted to dive a little bit deeper on how they grew to love the genre. It was funny because I didn't really listen to country music until my sister got a boyfriend and she was falling in love and she was driving me around in uh, back at home. And so on the radio, all she would play was country music. And so it was like, she was telling her love story with country music and having the stories tell them. And it made me fall in love with country music. And more so when I went to school in Texas, it was just like a whole nother um, opening of country music and listening to it. And that's how I came to love it. My sister falling in love, oddly enough. <laughs> and uh, in, honestly, like growing up, I used to listen to the Allman Brothers with my dad. So it was a lot of country rock, um, but there were different influences too. There was the Beatles, there was Heart. Um, there was a lot of fun classic rock stuff um, that we listened to together. Um, and then, of course, you know, Boys to Men was like a big, like, who doesn't love Boys to Men? Um, and Shania, you know, we used to line dance to Shania all the time. So that was really fun. I think duos in any genre really offer an interesting insight into music. We can look at them and see what an equal partnership in music can really look like. But what really makes them different from an individual artist? a trio, or maybe even a full group. Honey County actually used to be a trio um, back in the day. And um, what we found, what Sophie and I really found working together, because you know the puzzle pieces fit exactly right, was that we both share responsibilities. Um, I do stuff, and then she does stuff, and then when I'm tired, she does things. And so one of us is always, you know, keeping on going. Like today, I don't know what she was doing, napping or something. And I was like on Instagram, like making like a fun, like real, like all these people on TikTok have made 
videos um, of Got It From My Mama, um, which is our, our latest single that we've released. Um, and they've done all these videos. I mean, there's like over a thousand videos of people just, you know, doing dances or singing to it. And it was Sophie's idea, hey, we should do this. And then I said, great, I'll take the lead on that and let me make it. Cause you know, we, we both have fun doing certain things. And that's certainly, you know, an example of, of what works really well as far as like a business relationship um, within a duo. And then of course on stage is really fun. That's where we shine our live show is everything. It's what we live for. Um, you know, we have so much fun and, and there's so much energy that is on stage and, and in the audience that you feel. And sometimes there's a focus on me if I'm seeing lead. And then other times, like I step back and there's a focus on Sophie and we each do different things on stage. And it's really fun to kind of bounce off of each other. As with any partnership, those involved can run into conflict, not necessarily with each other, but adapting to their partner's workflow. Even though that Sophie and Danny have been able to persevere through the tough times and work well together, I wanted to know what the girls' take was on the hardest part of being a duo. There's like definitely times where one person has like so much energy to get up and be like, let's put on makeup and let's do a TikTok. And, there's a, and then I'm like, well, I'd really like to go hiking and just like enjoy nature and not have to worry about being on my phone at this moment. Um, so there's this like this constant like, not constant, because a lot of times we're actually in sync on that. But a, a lot of times, too, there's this mo moments where one person is like super gung ho and then the other person's like, I just need to chill for a sec. Like, I just moved to Nashville two days ago and I'd like to just like relax and can watch The Bachelor in Paradise, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, it's that constant like pull. But at the same time, it's like you were saying with a duo, it's a matter of accountability, too, and holding each other to like stay active and continue doing things even when they just move their whole life across country, you know, like it's things like that. These girls have been through a lot together, but I was curious to know what they felt their proudest moment was. We were asked to sing the national anthem at Dodger Stadium and we'd never done the anthem as a duo before. And that's very, very tough because you need to be extremely in sync and you have to rehearse it and practice it over and over and over again. And we nailed it. Um, and I feel really good about it. And then right after that, we were asked to sing at the Staples Center for a WNBA game. So it felt really cool to be able to, you know, sing the national anthem, honor our country, but do it really well. And sometimes all three of those things don't happen, you know, as perfect as you want to. But, but this past, you know, we did it like, what, a month and a half ago or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, it went great. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. There's nothing more powerful than being able to sing the song that allows you to do what you um, do for a living, you know, like we wouldn't be where we are without honoring our country and troops. And, you know, that's, it's a powerful song. It really is. As a duo, it really seems like you have a built in shoulder to cry on. So I asked Honey County about a specific time that they felt like they really needed to lean on each other. With the state of the country and, and when we were in, you know, a period where we weren't able to play shows and we were, kind of thinking what's next like what what does our career hold if we're not out playing shows and making money on the road and so leaning on each other in that sense and being like well that's okay let's release music let's write music let's keep each other up and happy with music and also just like being friends and going outside and hanging out all the time um she was like my pod so that was nice to like have somebody there all the time even when you're feeling like down and, and sad about what's going on you know I totally agree with Sophie that was uh, that was definitely a challenging time where we both could have said, you know what, 
we're not, we're just not going to do this, you know, because we didn't know how many months we were going to be off or how many, you know, and it months turned into a year, turned into a year and a half. We didn't, we didn't know. We just kept busy in, in doing what we could do outside. Aussie natives Tom Jordan and Mitch Thompson make up the duo Seaforth. As y'all know, I get so excited to learn a little bit more about these artists, but specifically about how they started. I mean, who doesn't? So guys, I asked Tom and Mitch how they met and how they became Seaforth. We have known each other since we were three years old. Um, We went to preschool together in a kindergarten in Sydney, Australia, in a town called Seaforth. Um, which is where we got our name from. But we met when we were three and kind of grew up together, played music together. When we both kind of started, when we were around 10 years old or whatever, we played music at school together and stuff. And then, um, you know, we've always been mates. And, and and then eventually we wrote together and it just kind of clicked. And we were like, you know, I think we've been friends and we both do this for a reason. And it felt right that we do it together. And then, you know, we just kind of put our heads down and, um, yeah, kind of just focused on writing as a duo you know, and I feel like our whole story and our childhood growing up together and stuff kind of shows in hopefully our music and our personality and that whole thing. But yeah, it's been a life of knowing each other. I love that Tom and Mitch have been buds since the beginning. I really think it adds this fun dynamic to their relationship and in turn, their music. I think I actually had the moment before Tom when, because we were kind of like almost friendly rivals at school, being the two singers of our school. And we'd like teamed up for like parent-teacher cocktail events or like... And where we like did a duo thing. And I remember like we like filmed a cover on YouTube like after school. And I was like, I saw him out one night. Like we we, we were out in a in a place called Manly, which is like where the local bars were. And I was like, dude, we should like, we should like team up and like do a duo. And he was like, nah. Like like immediately kind of shunned it off. But it was when we wrote our first song together that we literally like had that moment that you just described where we were like, this is something special. And I'm like, it, it was like a light bulb where it's like everything that we're doing separately kind of made sense together. Mm. And we and like, from that first day, we were like, we need to go to Nashville. Like we need to experience this. It felt like what we were writing organically was what we were hearing coming out of Nashville. And we were like, we just need to experience the town. So that was kind of like the moment for us writing our first song together. Being a duo in country music today is already pretty rare, but it's even more rare that these guys are from the other side of the world in Australia. As a country fan in Chicago, I am no stranger to unique and unexpected country music scenes. So I asked the guys what it's like in Australia and who they looked up to to shape their career. I mean, growing up in Oz, I feel like we listened to literally everything. Like we grew up in like metropolitan Sydney and like our parents listened to like, I think goes for both of us, but like a mix of like classic rock and roll and like Led Zeppelin, ACDC to like Fleetwood Mac. And then Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, like the, to visit the other side. And then, I mean, country too, but like uh, the first introduction of country, I think like Johnny Cash was someone that definitely made it into like mainstream, like the country in Sydney, like Hank Williams Jr. and stuff. But like our introduction to like country, like for us, our journey didn't really start until discovering Keith Urban, I would say, which was like a guitar tutor brought in a song from him when I was like, 11 12 years old and I was like what is this like I'm obsessed with this but yeah we we would listen to to everything so I feel like that kind of gives us a a unique perspective on country music and and our sound 
particularly because we have such a, a wide range and broad influence. But yeah, we I was listening to freaking everything. Mm. Like Tom started playing guitar because of Angus Young from ACDC. These guys really are the perfect mix of their influences, yet they have their own really unique sound. They shared with me a little bit more about how they make their music their own. We love country music and we always have. And I think, like you say, like country music is diversifying pretty rapidly you know and i think for us we just come into the genre with a i guess a global view being not from australia so our our approach and our influences are a little more widespread just based purely on where we're from and what we were raised on um but you know with country music at the core of it you know so it's like um, it's a global like it's it's very organic but still in 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 a modern way like as you said, draw, drawing from other inspirations, but mm. it's essentially just, it, we, I just call it our, our country music and mm. it's as genuine to us as it possibly could be. When you want a career in country music, anyone will tell you that you need to go to Nashville, Tennessee. But being from the other side of the world, I'm sure it wasn't an easy decision for Tom and Mitch. They really took this giant leap of faith, uprooted their lives and made the decision to move to Music City. But I was excited to hear what an easy transition it was for them. It's tough. And I think that to this day is the hardest thing about being away is leaving family that I think some people maybe don't understand, don't grasp fully. Like, you know, it's not like they're a flight away. They are technically, but it's, you know, it's more, it's more than it's more than that. You know, it's like the time and the, and the distance and everything. It makes it very hard. But I think, you know, luckily we've always had a very supportive base and a very supportive, like independent families, you know. Um, and for us, it just made sense where we really, you know, they, they believed in us and we believed in ourselves and we just wanted to do it. And so I think, you know, we were so excited about the prospect of living in Nashville and making music in Nashville and writing songs in Nashville and playing shows in the U S that we were, it was a pretty seamless transition for us moving here because we were just so excited by the thought of living here and, you know, we'd come out and visit like a few times a year for, for a few years before we actually made the move. So we kind of like were acclimatized to Nashville, I guess. By the mm-hmm. time we got here, we had friends and made our own circle. Yeah. So it definitely felt like home when we finally moved. I really love how excited they are to call Nashville home. And I think that passion really comes across in their music. Their sound, story, and influences are so unique. So I asked the guys what being a country music duo means to them. I guess, obviously, you have like two perspectives and two, yeah. two voices. And, um, you know, I, I think, so, you know, I think they're both equally as intriguing, you know, because you've with solo artists, you've got, you know, their personal view, but then with the duo, it's like, you know, like we say, like we have a, we have as much of a story, I think as anyone really like knowing each other, our whole lives and moving and the whole thing where, you know, that's the intrigue is like, okay, how did you guys like me? How do you like, where do you all like come into each other's lives and how does it like play out in your music and in your story and everything else? And so that's why I love, the fact that we're a duo and the fact that we have each other aside from just being so far from home is like, I think we both equally bring inspiration to the table in writing and in everything else and in life and that. So it's like, it's just really cool to share that with someone. And I think for a fan of music, you know, a duo is a cool thing. It's like a band, you know, like every, every band member has like the personality too, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, it gives people more things to latch, latch onto. Yeah. Also the fact that we two kids from Sydney had the same ambition and same dream to want to do this yeah. line up. And the fact we, we don't hate each other <laughs> after all the time we spent with each other, but we actually do hate each other. This is all an act, but um, <laughs> this, 
it's, it's just kind of a, a cool journey. The bond and dynamic between these guys is contagious and unbeatable. I love that even after all these years, the guys can poke fun at each other. It really was a fun interview. I wanted to know, though, what their favorite part of being Seaforth together was. A, I think the fact that he's like, we're family and we have a piece of home at always with us. So that yeah. definitely helps, like being so far away, like we're brothers at this point, like the, like the main like ultimate trust you can have with someone like on the road and and helping but just like i just think like we get each other and like a musical dynamic like we played with each other for so long writing music together it's just it i don't know it just makes sense it's just it's just something that i think we're lucky to have that yeah is, is special that maybe not many people get to get to have and that's just unique to our story y'all know i've always been so jealous of songwriters and their ability to eloquently convey emotion through song i always find myself analyzing lyrics and wondering how artists are able to put them together so i was curious to know how being a duo affected seaforth's creative workflow in the writing room i think we both have immense respect for each other's abilities which is really important you know we both trust each other creatively and we can also read when one person is not vibing and if we're writing for us i think that's really important because there's nothing worse than kind of like banging your head against a wall for four or five hours for for something that's not really worth it so i think having each other there is like a safety blanket and like a a a mirror to bounce off of is really cool but i think yeah like i i would be scared to write without like mitch you know what i mean at this point where we've, we've written so much together that it just feels like that's my you know, what I'm used to. So it's like, I don't know, it's funny. Uh, I think we all came into Nashville writing a little backwards to how Nashville people write. Like mm. when Tom and I write, it's, it's very much like vomiting so much stuff out. Like well, Mitch, literally Mitch, we Mitch, just Mitch projectile vomits. vomit everywhere. I, 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 no, like it's just like we get on like a vibe, like chords and melodies and throwing that out before we've even thought of a title most of the time. And coming to Nashville, it's the complete opposite. Like start with the concept, what do we want to say? So that's something that we've learned and grown to do being in Nashville, mm-hmm. kind of like, but yeah, it was just like a little bit opposite, but it's, if you see us write, it's very like, like coming up with random shit until we're like, that's cool. That sticks. Let's, yeah. let's dig in on that. The guys and I had a good laugh about word vomit. <laughs> so I had to ask them if they had any fun songwriting stories behind any of their big hits. We had the melody, the but we didn't have, we didn't know what we were saying. And we found this website that's like a, a, a syllable phrase generator where it shows like you can type in like, oh, I need, you know, da, 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 da. I need eight syllables. And it gives you phrases that are eight syllables long. And we were just going down the list and it's like, I went to the bank yesterday and we're like, man, it doesn't work. And then eventually we saw, we've got a lot to talk about. And we're like, that's kind of cool. And then we like flipped that and made it like a concept, but it was like, that was like a weird way that we did it. That one Yeah. Time. It's, it's different every time. Yeah. That was yeah. classic. These guys sure do have a lot to talk about. So I knew they would have no problem sharing with me what one of their proudest moments was. There's been a lot. Been a I lot. think for me, a really special moment was, um, so obviously we're, we're not from here. Our parents and family don't get to really witness yeah, what we're doing sense. here. And um, a couple of years ago when we made our Opry debut, both our mums were actually in town and we, they, it was their birthdays. We took them out like on the road and they got to like see our shows, but we did our Opry debut and they were there and we actually brought them on stage and they got to see that moment and, and share it with us, which was really, really, really special. Yeah. And I think that was the biggest thing for me because it, I don't know. It was just like a full circle moment. I was like, mom here, like 
you've obviously seen what I've been doing. I left home and left you and made you upset by leaving the, <laughs> leaving you at home. But um, that was like one of the most special moments because brought them out on stage. Yeah, they came out and they got to just witness like what we're doing. Yeah. Like any career, there are highs and lows. Tom and Mitch shared with me a time that they felt like they really needed to lean on each other and how they persevered through together. Honestly, the whole last year and a half has been that. That's been like the the trudging trench for us, I believe. Yeah, I think, yeah, like it's it's interesting, you know, that there's always challenges, you know, but like it's like as you go along, you try to learn to, you know, be thankful for what you do have versus what you don't have and like what, you, you know, what the positives versus the, ne- you know, you can find negatives in everything, but if you go into something with negative energy, then you'll come out of it with a negative outcome. I, you know, so it's like, I think we are so lucky to be here and to be making music here. And I think to have each other, like, and to be able to check on each other and like, you know, if Mitch is having a bad day and he's like, oh, and I can be like, yeah, but this, or if I'm having a bad day and I'm like, eh, and then Mitch can be like, no, nah, but like, so, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's always there, but we just, you know, you work through it and then we get to go and play shows, you know, like you saw. And that's like, that's the ultimate reward, I think, for us is like getting out and seeing, you know, people singing breakups and singing talk about and singing music that we haven't even been able to play live because so we're in a pandemic, yeah. you know, so. Gary Stanton and Charlie Muncaster make up the duo Muscadine Bloodline. The Nashville-based duo with Alabama roots and a red dirt Texas sound. Muscadine Bloodline infuses modern country with the brash spirit of Southern rock. How did they come to be? So we're both from Mobile, Alabama, originally, and uh, we didn't we didn't actually meet officially until we both graduated high school. And I went up to Auburn briefly. Just uh, I was in school for a year, and then I just kind of partied for about five or six. <laughs> but uh, Gary went to Southern Mississippi in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And uh, Gary was like one of the only guys I knew that was kind of writing songs and posting them on Facebook. And when that was when Facebook video was still kind of a cool thing. And and so I'd gotten to this point in my career where I was like, I want to start writing. I want to start writing songs, too. And and I, Gary was the only guy I knew. And we we'd already knew, knew each other through like Facebook and social media, stuff like that. And so he, he hit me back and immediately was like, cool, I'll just come to Auburn and and we'll just, we'll write or whatever. And, uh, this was even after we had kind of opened some shows for each other too, like over the years and stuff like that. And we wrote our, one of our first songs we ever wrote is called Jenny. And we, we've actually put that song out as Muscat on Bloodline. And, and so that was the initial kind of jump off point of like our musical friendship. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. There was not, like, there was really no, you know, any kind of idea of actually playing together at that time. We were just kind of like, Hey, he does this to do this. And we had our own bands and we were playing, you know, in our regions. And it was kind of just like, Hey, like you're doing this, you'll be a champion for me. I'll be a champion for you. And then I graduated school and moved up to Nashville and Charlie came up three months after. And then we, at that point kind of been flirting with the idea of kind of playing together and just, you know, going weekend, every weekend, meeting up somewhere, he'd be in Alabama and I'd come down <laughs> and we'd go play restaurant gigs, bars and all that kind of stuff. And under just like Charlie and Gary, like we didn't have, <laughs> you know, and then came up here and started the Muscadine Bloodline thing in 2015, late December 2015. But I can't tell you to answer your question, the day we met, we I actually met Charlie opening a show for, for Charlie in Alabama, in Mobile at Soul Kitchen. It's a venue that we still play at 
pretty frequently. And so uh, there's like this little front room of like 200 people and Charlie would come down every Christmas time and, yeah. and have just like a hometown show. And wasn't really like, it was just like friends and family, like, oh, here's Charlie, like come down and do this. And my name got thrown in the hat and we literally met that day. And then so after that, just kind of kept up with each other. How crazy the two childhood buddies from Mobile, Alabama would end up being one of the hottest duos in the country scene right now. I love how both Gary and Charlie combined their talents to become Muscadine Bloodline. But guys, you know me, I was curious. So I asked the guys if there was a specific moment for them when it just all clicked. When did they know that it was time to combine their talents? I would say at first it was kind of pretty quick because the funny thing is like, the day I came up and wrote with Charlie that day, he had a gig, a local gig in Auburn. And he's like, you, you're here and you got your guitar. You want to just play with me? And I was like, yeah, sure. And we re- started realizing, like, he started playing these covers, your atypical covers you're playing in a Southern college bar. And I knew them all, too. And then I would pick up one, and he knew that one. And then we were both singing harmonies to each other, uh, doing this. And I was like, we were kind of like, dang, like, this is fun. Like we've been sitting playing restaurant gigs by ourselves. Like this would be better than that. And yeah. Then, that was, the, that was kind of like the initial jump off point of like, Oh, there's some like musical chemistry yeah. here. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like, let's start a band right now. Like it was just like, yeah. okay, this is kind of cool. Like this guy knows all the same songs I know. Yeah. And it was more fun to play with another guy than it was yeah. to play by yourself. And then a lot of our friends that like, who would just come see us play were like, y'all like sound good together. Like maybe y'all should, our friends were the were I would say that like our friends and peers were really more of a push on like starting a band together because they were like y'all playing together all the time and like this something something y'all are doing is special so like y'all should pursue this. I hope that Gary and Charlie have thanked those friends for giving them the push to start Muscadine Bloodline. I'm thankful for it, and so are so many other country fans. I actually remember when I first found these guys. I was so intrigued by their name that I had to listen to it. So I asked the boys how Muscadine Bloodline even got thrown into the ring when it came to deciding their name. Like naming a band's pretty tough, right? And uh, Charlie always kind of said it's like a, every band sucks unless the band band name sucks unless the band works. <laughs> and so we kind of like we're we're both very really into like the Red Dirt. Uh, country scene and big like turnpike troubadour fans flatland calvary like that like that kind of like name that like if you saw it on a flyer that's you said it right bobby it intrigues people and it's instead of just being charlie and gary or you know you know john whoever whatever it is and so uh we just kind of you know flirted with a bunch of different names and kind of landed on something we knew we wanted a two word name that kind of kind of just flowed together and uh but like muscadines, if you don't know, those are grapes that are grown in the South. You make wine with it. Uh, they're pretty prevalent where we come from. So it's kind of an ode to kind of where we come from, bloodline. We always say it's like your heritage, where you come from. So that's, there's not really like a crazy, like epiphany story. It's just kind of like, okay, yeah. here we, it is. We always joke about that. We're always like, we need to make up like this badass story about how we found it. But it's not, there's no like grand story. It's just yeah. like, we just kind of landed on it and we loved it. And here we are. Something that I feel is quite unique about these guys is their Alabama roots. The state is home to such an electric mix of music. And of course, a lot of country. So I was curious to know what influences in music that they've had throughout their lives. So growing up, I used to sing in church all the time. My dad still sings in the choir down at church. And and so I kind of learned how to sing that way. And my dad always listened to classical music or like he, he what he called heavy duty rock and roll, 
which was like Zeppelin and the who and like stuff like that. And my, but my mom, she loved country and she would listen to like 2000s country on the radio while, you know, like one of my like rascal flats and like John Michael Montgomery, John Michael Montgomery was my first concert ever. And mom would just like blast that stuff. And so subconsciously I kind of just grew, grew a taste for country music of my own that way. And whenever I started picking up the guitar, like it was kind of natural to go toward that, that type of music. Yeah. For me, uh, honestly, my dad's from a really a rural town called Monroe, Alabama. But the craziest thing is like, my dad doesn't like country music. He did. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's weird. It's a, it's a cardinal I, but sin. I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm going like, to, he's going to sound better in a second, but like my dad honestly loves a lot of like nineties R and B, like a lot of like Luther Vandraw and he loves smooth jazz and a lot of Southern rock. So he loves like bad company in Kansas, Boston, like, all that stuff. I mean, those are the concerts that I grew up going to. And uh, country was never really played in my household. And I honestly kind of had to find it for myself. And uh, so so I didn't – I thought it all, you know, stereotypical. It all sounded the same, all the song, whatever. And then uh, for some reason, someone introduced me to Jamie Johnson's record, Lonesome Song. And I kind of just skipped, like, all top 40 country and went straight to, like, the hardcore stuff. And uh, – so that was kind of – Jamie Johnson was my intro in the country, and then I just fell in love with how he could, like, write a narrative, write a story, and it, that's what country – that's what then draws people to country music. It's just like, wow, like, he's saying visual things that, like, I know what he's talking about. And uh, then that's really what got me into songwriting. And so then backtracking, I started, like, finding stuff that I really did, like, uh, you know, on the radio and, and that kind of thing. And now my dad, you know – He's not an uh, active country music listener, but he loves Muscadine Bloodline. Like, that's his favorite country band. You're damn so. right. Everything that they've told me about their influences now makes so much more sense when I go back and listen to their music. I love how each one of them has so many different sounds and styles that they bring to the table. But I wanted to know how Gary and Charlie think that duos are unique and what they're doing as Muscadine Bloodline to stand above the crowd. A lot of it is there's two different influences trying to get to the same point. So, like, you know, if, if Charlie and I were to put, probably put out separate records, they wouldn't sound anything alike. But you'd yeah. probably see the you'd see those influences you were talking about that one sided you when know, they're yeah. married, they come together. But uh, I don't know. I mean. A, a lot of cool things that we kind of get to do. Uh, first off, duos are tough. Like it's that's why you don't see a lot of them. And I don't know how bands even exist anymore. I mean, they don't really exist anymore. It's a lot of opinions. A lot of cooks in the kitchen. And so uh, I don't know. I, being a duo is definitely finding your roles and finding someone you work with. Charlie and I are like yin and yang. So like, there's things that he's great at that I'm not, and vice versa, and that sort of thing. And and the influences you bring to the table. Like, and, and what's cool kind of about Muscadine Bloodline, I feel like, is is like Charlie is the the main voice of that. But like there are times on a record where I, I'll sing three or four of the songs. And so it's it kind of is cool because when you're doing records, it's like, okay, it keeps the listener kind of guessing. I'm like, oh, this is cool. They're bringing these different things. And fortunately for us, you know, I'm mostly like the harmony guy to Charlie, but Charlie can sing harmony to me just as good as I can to him. Yeah, so, I think to touch on that even more, like that that's a piece of like what I think that what we do that sets us apart more than like a, your normal duo because we both sing. Like it's yeah. like 
you're not just hearing Ronnie Dunn the entire time. Like, you know, yeah. and yeah. so you're not just hearing like insert whatever duo it is. I mean, yeah. it's just like, you always just hear that one guy's voice and that's something that kind of keeps your listener on, on their toes. Like Gary yeah. sings like, I mean, pretty much a verse in over 50% of all the songs. Yeah. So it's like, it kind of just really keeps it fresh. We kind of always reference like the Eagles, like they had they had four number ones, four different number ones with four different band members leading, leading songs. Out. So it's like it's kind of cool to see like a, that's a band in my opinion. Like they're, I mean, I think they're the one, arguably if not the best band that ever lived. You know, they just have so much diversity and they're on such ends of the spectrum. And we've kind of like a lot of times in, in our past have kind of just been all over the place sonically. And that's because of bands like that. It's like, we always say, well, the Eagles can do it. Yeah, we're like, you know? why not? Let's yeah, just let's try just it. Swing. Yeah. We're not the Eagles by no means. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it, oh, it is like- fun to keep it, keep it fresh. Guys, talking with Muscadine Bloodline really made me a bigger fan than I already was. How could you not love these guys? There's something about learning about these stories from the artists that really makes their music come to life for me. Since forming in 2015, Muscadine Bloodline has had a lot of great moments. But out of all their great moments, I wanted to know which one they were the most proud of. The Opry yeah, was cool. the Opry was hard. It was hard to beat. Uh, I mean, it's just it's just such the history there. I think what makes it so special, and you know, we we play so many shows together, and, and we've grown so much as like people and, and musicians and friends, and they. Honestly, that stuff is is cooler to me to watch than thousands of people come in the room. It's like just seeing like the progression of like the human part of it, the aspect of it is like seeing you're growing with your friends and your best friends and making yeah. it a family. Like that's what makes me, you know, the most happy. And it makes me the most nervous too. like seeing it grow, you know? Yeah, I would say too. I mean, anytime, probably like one of those first sold out shows you ever had, like not in like the town you're from or a state, you know, you know, you were like, man, I never thought we'd show up to, uh, you know, somewhere in Indiana and this a show be sold out. That's crazy. And and the re- and the, and like just being able to at, like put a check mark by these like iconic venues and stuff. You know, like like the Rave in Wisconsin, like just pl- just places like that. You know, you get to pull up and you're like, holy shit! Like this is the places that all your idols played, and it's like whether it's country or any like they any genre. You know, and it's like being able to play the Roxy in Atlanta and like just stuff like that. That's, that's for me, just keeps me going. You know, when you're a duo, you have a built in songwriting partner. So I wanted to know how these guys work together and traded ideas in the writing room. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of changed. Like I wouldn't say that it's like the same every day, you know, like it kind of changes depending on the mood or the, or who you're writing with. You know, a lot of times you kind of just like, when we first started writing, we were just writing copious amounts of songs, like hoping that we would like one. And I think like in the last couple of years, even we've slowed down a lot more and not just writing just to write. And more times when you meet up and write, it's like more meaningful to you. And it's, it's not very often like Gary and I, or even Gary will like sit down and write a song. And, and it's like something that we don't like. It's, it's very rare. Like our writing is more intentional now. Yeah, I would to add to that, like we we wrote it up. We had a publishing deal when we kind of first moved to town and we kind of got bit with the bug of writing with all the hit writers and just going in and trying to write a hit instead of being like the most authentic self you could be and telling a story. And it's easy to get busy writing songs instead of getting busy writing what you need to write. Yeah. And so kind of 
you know, after we left that publishing deal, we, we were kind of like, you know, like, let's not write just to write. Let's just write, you know, let's not write about this imaginary scenario. Like, let's actually talk about real life stuff and, and that sort of stuff we're going through. And, and even if you're telling a story, make it a cool story. Like, doesn't have to necessarily be, you know, here's this arbitrary person we're going to make up, broke up here, whatever. It's like, no, let's like take it there. And, uh, so yeah, there's no really rhyme or reason how it works. You know, we both have our strong suits. Charlie's very good at writing like the hook idea. Like it's like, hey, I've been mulling over this. Here's this badass title or whatever. Let's try to get there. And so uh, I think too, like with us slowing down, like we get to live a lot more and actually have life experiences to write about. So uh, yeah, I mean, all we do now, we used to just be try to write as many songs and try to be hits as we can. But now it's just like, I just want to write Muscat on Bloodline songs. I don't care if, you know, I don't want other people cutting songs because I'm selfish when I'm coming to the writing room. So it's Charlie's like, no, nah, like we're just writing. for us. This is for yeah, us. The best so. song is coming out on our record. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, going into this record, like this was kind of like, I mean, another product of, of 2020, you know, having some downtime and really reflecting, you know, all right, what, where, where do we want to take this thing? We've been so shotgun approach how we've done everything to this point and like, we kind of just want to plant our flag somewhere and we just really kind of had to come to Jesus about, man, what are we listening to? Like Charlie said, it's like, we're listening in, in the van or in our off time. And it's like, Charlie's really into the nineties country thing. And, and like you hear it in how he delivers vocals and, and the songs are writing. And I'm, I'm really, I've really gotten into the, like even way back, like sixties and seventies, like country, the outlaw movement and the George Jones, Conway Twitty, all, all that kind of stuff. And, and I don't know, I don't, I don't feel like that's represented much anymore in this genre. And that's like the backbone of what country music was. And so basically we just been trying to write that stuff, that the stuff we love instead of trying to be like, okay, well, how do we flip this song or make this song make sonically up, yeah. to make it a radio single? It's like, we flirted with that for six years and I'm not saying anything we've done is a, it's, it's bad because it's got us here today, but it's now, it's, I mean, like Dispatch 16, that is a perfect example. Like, you're not going to probably hear that song on the radio, but I don't care. Like, it's, it's the truth. And so it's kind of, and if it is, great. I, I would love that. But I don't know, just being the most authentic self and, and really getting into depth, I think people are really starting to crave that right now. It's safe to say that Muscadine Bloodline is truly one of a kind. I feel that the dynamics come across in their music and it makes it even that much better. I asked the guys why they think they've had so much success as a duo. I mean, Gary and I spend so much time together. We're practically brothers. Like, it's like we have tiffs every now and then, you know, like, but other than that, like it's, it ain't nothing that can't be worked out through good communication yeah. and, and hanging out and just figuring it out. Like know? we, I mean, it's honestly, it's easier now than it was in the beginning. Cause we were living together, sharing the same room. Like when we moved to Nashville, we're spending copious amounts yeah. of time. Yeah. So I mean, we still do, but yeah. like before it was, it was insane. And now we both have our own houses to go home to our own wives to go home to. And, and so it's kind of been cool. Like, you know, COVID, you know, with all the negative it brought, it brought a lot of positives because it slowed Charlie and I down and uh, kind of got to get some time to just having like identities outside of just being in this duo, totally. like other things that you enjoy doing and, and that sort of thing. And that's what, that's what, you know, now you crave that when you get that off time, it's like, okay, I'm like, let's take a step back, you know, and, and let's go. 
I like doing this. You like doing that. And it's so oh, that's cool. Let's do it's, that. Yeah. It's, it's really nice. And we have a pretty good workflow on that. And golly, we don't even have to like, there's like unlike written or unsaid things that we just know since we spent so much time together, we know if someone's <laughs> having a bad day or whatever. And, 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 and then just a word to pick each other up. But it is, I will say the benefit of the duo is exactly that. It's cause like, if someone is not feeling and having a bad day or something, it's like having someone else to like pick up, pick up the slack where it's at and that kind of deal. Uh, and so, I mean, be, I think being starting this thing out as friends first, like we were buddies, you know, before we started a business together. So it's like, if you kind of just keep that mindset the whole time, it's like, Hey, there's nothing I can't just like, if something's bothering me, just ask it. Yeah, just be yeah. like, Hey man, this has been on, on my mind, on my heart. Let's just talk about it. And it's, pretty much i mean there's never been an issue we couldn't solve yeah. so like this but we've learned i mean we've definitely had like like there's growing pains with everything but growing pains are good because it means we're growing like yeah. if you like looked at us at 25 year old gary and charlie we're not the same people we were then or whatever totally different mindset to to life we understand i mean i think we're really both really good at being married because we've been married for six years already <laughs> so pretty much <laughs> so we kind of get to you know we kind of had a little test trial or whatever to that before we both got married. So if you want marriage training, start a duo. Man. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Get better at it. Charleston, South Carolina native Matt Chase and small town Washington, Georgia's Chris Rogers make up our next duo. Guys, it's Sutherland. These talented guys have been in country music for quite some time now, but y'all know me. I have to get the details of how Sutherland came to be. We, we met a few years ago. Um, we, we both moved to Nashville as solo acts. You know, we didn't know each other before we moved here. Um, we both moved here to kind of do our own thing and... Um, Long story short, we met through a good mutual friend of ours named Ray Fulcher, uh, who I actually live with, and he's a artist, songwriter uh, here in town. And it was just kind of the classic Nashville meetup of, I think Chris and Ray were writing one day, and Ray's like, hey, do you mind if a buddy of mine, Matt, jumps in? You know, he kind of has the same love of music. And we wrote a song that day, and um, it was one of those things, you know, when you meet somebody and you, you feel like you've known them your whole life, that's kind of what it was with, with Chris and I. And I think we played our first quote unquote show together that same exact weekend. Um, so for the next, for the next little while, you know, um, like a lot of uh, artists do when they're, when they're coming through Nashville, the grind of Nashville, um, we were just playing every show that we could find. And I knew a lot of cover songs. Chris knew a lot of cover songs. And we're like, Hey, if I can get a gig and uh, blah, blah, blah. And we can take my sister's uh, Honda Civic, to save money on gas. Will you go play it? And, you know, he was like, yeah, let's do it. And, uh, yeah, that's how we started. And we kind of just played cover band four-hour bar gigs for years. It is so fun to me that these guys met completely by chance. Everything really does happen for a reason. Like Matt said, they came to town as solo acts. So I wanted to know if there was an aha moment for these guys and they realized they needed to be a duo. And then uh, how we kind of got to the place of, hey, let's, let's be Sutherland was – um, after years of doing that, we kind of let us down to Key Let's West. be Sutherland. That's <laughs> such a funny <laughs> sentence. Let's be Sutherland. <laughs> so how it kind of worked is it led us down to Key West um, for the Key West Songwriters Festival that BMI puts on. And, you know, you got to pay for your trip to Key West. So we're like, well, hey, let's get a four-hour, you know, late-night bar residency uh, at, at our bar on Duval Street. You know, after all the BMI shows are done, we'll just, you know, play a cover band gig. And... Um, so that's what we did. So we got a, uh, 
a spot there at what, what was it? It was called, uh, it's something different now. What was it called, Chris? It was called the Lazy Gecko at the time. Lazy Gecko, yeah. We, yeah. Got, a, we got a spot, the Lazy Gecko. And um, yeah, how, how it kind of worked out was we had known um, Luke Combs for a while. And it's kind of when he was first coming up, you know, when, when his first single was uh, coming up the charts. And honestly, I think it was the day it went number one, or with, it was within a day of it going number one, Hurricane. Yeah. He was out there. And naturally, we had him get up and play his hit and all this sort of stuff. And uh, his manager was with him, who's uh, Lynn Oliver Klein, who is the uh, owner and CEO of Riverhouse Artists. And she saw us out there and kind of planted the seed. She's like, listen, I don't know y'all. I All I know is what I've sat here and watched. And she essentially offered us a duo deal in the street of Key West off one time seeing us. And uh, yeah, it kind of planted the seed. And, you know, we kept kind of doing what we were doing, playing a million shows and um one day we decided like man why don't we why don't we give this thing a shot you know maybe people see see something in us and maybe we're not seeing right now and uh, I remember we were coming back from another four-hour trip and uh playing multiple shows in Florida I think it was and it was it was almost like he and I were on the same page you know I kind of looked at him and I was like man should we give should we do the duo thing and he goes dude it's funny I was just thinking the same thing we got nothing to lose and, and Lynn, Lynn, to her credit, was so sweet to us. I mean, she was essentially just, hey, why don't you try it, cut some songs, try, you know, write some songs. If you don't like it, just go back to what you were doing. No, no, uh, no harm, no foul. What, what was like so special about it to us is, you know, a lot of times you hear these duos that are formed because these two guys, you know, they're, they're great solo artists or whatever. They got that kind of stuff going on but they just kind of get put together like over lunch one day, you know, but that was never the case for us. We were actually out playing and we were buddies to begin with, you know, so it was, it was very organic the way that it happened. So. Wow. A deal on the spot. It's so obvious that these guys are extremely talented. I love that they felt confident enough to dive deep into that duo route. I can only imagine how taking that leap and switching paths could be really tough, but exciting at the same time. Since they didn't start out as a duo, they had to come up with a name for their new endeavor. And I know naming anything can be tricky, but I had to know how the name Sutherland came to be and how it represents them and their music. So the name, so Mm -hmm. we got the name again. We were with Ray. We were playing a residency up in Maine, and um, this is the first time we had ever been to Maine. So we're actually, Ray's driving in his van. So it's like a 16 or 18 hour drive or something like that all the way up to Nashville. And we were playing at a place called Eric's church in Maine. (laughs) And we got, so we were up there for like three days and it's like zero degrees. There's like no Ubers up there. And we're like walking around, like just, it it was, it was, that's a whole different story. But um, so we were on the way up and, you know, this is in the heart of us trying to figure out a name. Um, and we start looking up things like, what is there to do in Maine? It's the first time we've ever been to Maine. And somebody in the van goes, well, hey, here's, here's a Wikipedia page. And they start, like, reading off these random facts about Maine. And they, f- <laughs> they find this place in, in Maine. It's, it's in Bath, Maine. It's called Bath Ironworks. And it's where the USS Sutherland, it's in, like an old battleship, was, like, built there. And as soon as he said that, everybody in the van kind of looked up and were like, man, that's really cool. Yeah. You know, me being from Georgia and he's from South Carolina, it's kind of a tip of the hat, you know, to like Southern land. And so it just, it felt right, right. Like in that yeah. moment. So, And I can tell you, we, we were, we were down some really horrible 
uh, rabbit yeah. holes as far as finding names. Yeah. It's the hard. It's probably to this day one of the hardest things we've ever had to do. Yeah. But who would have thought you find your band name that kind of tips your hat to like our southern heritage, literally at the northern tip of the United States. I know. Yeah. Talking to both Matt and Chris, it shocked me that they haven't known each other their entire lives. Their fun dynamic and their music really comes across when I chatted with them. It was undeniable. Sutherland tips their hat at their Southern heritage with their name, but I wanted to know what other country music influences they bring to their music. Yeah, it was very similar. Um, just grew up, my, my whole family is really into country music. So, I mean, I, I grew up loving Alan Jackson. Um, George Strait was a big one of mine, Travis Tritt. Um, you know, my mom basically had to beg me to start playing guitar because my granddad, he played, and I had a bunch of cousins that played. So when I was like 10 or 11, she was like, please just just learn how to play just so you can like play with the family and all this kind of stuff. Because I used to get together on every, you know, like once a month on Saturdays, and they sit around and play and sing and stuff. So that kind of, you know, that was always a, a common thread in my family, you know, music and especially country music. So I didn't really, I, I never stood a chance. If y'all haven't checked out Sutherland's music yet, what are you doing? They have a way of seamlessly integrating their influences into their sound that makes them truly unique. With each of their influences blended into their music, I was curious to know why they felt they made a unique duo. Well, I can tell you the biggest thing for us is is one, it was it was a seamless transition. You know, going from the the, the quote unquote solo career to the duo career, um, especially because Chris and I's interests and in, in, in how we kind of, you know, you're essentially two CEOs of one business. What you think, a lot of people ask us all the time, do y'all fight all the time, do you butt heads? We never do. Um you know, we just have the same love and passion for the same kind of music and the, and the career that we want to have um, that, that really it's kind of seamless. But I will tell you, I think the thing that I try, I try and kind of tip our hat to ourselves is, you know, me as a solo act, I couldn't break away from the crowd. You know, I, I couldn't find that lane that was just different, that would make people turn heads to make me different from another solo male act. And, you know, I won't speak for Chris, but I'm sure it's kind of the same thing. You know, we were, I knew we had the talent, but it's, you know, sometimes to get to the next level, it's, it's like another thing than that. And so when we started the duo, you know, we were like, man, I think we can kind of take the strengths that your strength might be my weakness. My weakness might be your strength and put them together and kind of make something that's just us. You know, as I sit here, you know, we kind of, not pride ourselves, but we try, we wanted to build a band that you could not replicate. You know, I didn't want to be somebody that you listen to their music and like, Oh, they sound like this and this and this and this other new artist. You know, we wanted to kind of find our own lane and that's why it's the kind of music we do where it has a lot of that traditional um, sound to it, but it's still today's radio where it doesn't sound dated and it doesn't sound old. Um, but then also he and I can both switch out lead. So when you hear duo, sometimes people just hear, oh, there's a primary male or the primary singer. And then there's a, you know, a background singer. And, um, and a lot of our songs have that, but also we kind of took a lot from what Montgomery Gentry did. And as far as like their songs that might fit my voice better than his songs. So when you can do that, now it broadens what you can sing about and it can broaden what you can cut because you're not a one trick pony anymore. You can kind of cover a lot of different bases and so I think that's one of the benefits of being a duo is I feel like we're kind of building ourselves to be a little bit of a Swiss army knife 
to be to be able to do a little bit of everything you know you know we kind of switch off we'll we'll both uh get on a run with something and it's like all right well i'm gonna sit back and kick my feet up on this one anybody could be in a duo but i was like we have there have we have to find what is authentic and what is unique to us so we've had we had these conversations to agnosium as far as what's our brand who who is going to be the lead singer for the most part what's the sound what's you know, what, what are our goals? And we had all those conversations before we started. So that way, when yeah, we it has, it didn't feel like a brand new band. It felt like we had kind of ironed it out a little bit. Yeah. It was a lot more focused than I won't say, you know, than people think it is, but like we, we kind of ironed out all those details before we even started, you know, we were just kind of firing on all cylinders and both on the same page. So, and we were lucky to find a team of people that allowed us to, to run with that you know, and just have that creative freedom. And um, it's not that they want us to do anything different. You know, we've, it's just, we've been very lucky. We are, we're all on the same page. So it's been great. Matt and Chase are so right. Anyone can make a duo, but it makes a connection and a lot of hard work to really be successful. I can tell that these guys really respect each other. So I wanted to know what their favorite part of their dynamic was. God, I'm just, I'm just so thankful we don't hate each other. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we do a good job of, of knowing when you need your own time and when it's time to kind of get in the trenches and work together. Um, because that's the big thing. And like I said, you're, you're two people in a boat together, you know, and, and it's just making sure that, you know, I, I think what helps it a lot is that we were buddies before we were a band. So we bring that to the table. Cause you know, I don't look at Chris as like a coworker, really. He's a buddy. And we work through stuff like buddies would. I think that's one of the biggest benefits for sure. And then on the music side, I mean, our, our voices are completely different. I mean, I, I have such a, you know, lower register and he's got a higher register than I do. And I don't, it's just, you know, that's why we go back to like, it's, it's a song by song basis on who's going to do, you know, who might sing the verse versus the chorus or who might take this entire song or whatever it is. You know, we just, we, we have a, you know, Swiss army knife of a toolbox to work with. So I think that's, that's what is really cool. These guys have a long list of things to be proud of, but I wanted to know what their proudest moment together has been. Oh man. I think my proudest moment is putting out the EP probably because it was kind of our, you know, for the most part, this duo kind of built a foundation during a pandemic you know, we didn't really have any music out. We weren't obviously touring. We were just literally just building foundation, the behind the scenes stuff. And man, when the EP came out, it was it was kind of like our first step into the world. That's why we decided to do seven songs, which is a lot for a first, a brand new band EP. But I was like, man, I want to show people A to Z who we are, what we can do, the differences in our voice, kind of like a, like a, a preview of what's to come. And they're the best thing about it is whenever you put out music, it's so scary because we love it and we love it and in our hearts into it. But when it goes out to the world, the world is going to determine what it's really going to be. Listeners are going to determine. And it was so well received. And it, it, I mean, a lot of the, the things that happened is, I mean, we got our face on a billboard in Nashville. We got on a lot of these um, playlists that we have dreamed of being on. And I mean, there's no better feeling than that. That's definitely my top accolade at this point. For me, it's probably, I mean, we, we're starting on our third year of a publishing deal. So this is my, 
you know, I was, I was in town for eight years before I signed a publishing deal. So, I mean, it, you know, there's a, there's a lot of struggling on that end of it, but you know, we, we, uh, we got through it and, uh, we're, we're just proud of, of being able to stand on stage and play songs that we write. You know, I, I know that's a, that's a big deal for me because it, it's way more authentic. I believe, you know, if it's something that, I sat in a room for a couple of hours with, you know, some of my buddies and we came up with something from nothing, you know, that it, it, that's, that's very special to me. I absolutely love that Sutherland writes their own songs and y'all know how much I want to be a good songwriter myself. So I asked the guys how being a duo affects them when they're writing in the writer's room. I, I, I have noticed, and I know that this is probably kind of like counter against what most people think, the, the songs that take no effort and practically no time to write are some of our favorite songs. And I don't know why that is. Some days the inspiration's just there or the title or the idea is there and some days it's not. I mean, I can tell you 90% of all the songs that we play now that we would hang our hat on, we wrote very fast. You know, it wasn't a sitting there for six, seven hours or come and write it three times. A lot of them were so easy. And a lot of that is just whoever brings it in the room. You know, there's some days I could say almost every write we do, Chris and I write together. Um, but never once, it's probably been hundreds of writes at this point, but never once have I gotten old. You know, never once have I been like, I'm kind of sick of writing with this guy. Like, you know, we, we, we do a good job of um, just knowing what we want to say. And when we don't have anything, it's okay to say, hey, instead of just going into this mental fog, let's just pick it up another time. You know, that's, that, that's, that's the real trick is, uh, you know, you want to be busy and you want to work, but you also don't want to just be busy and work just to be busy and to work. You know what I mean? You want to do it smart. So, but it's all, it's all different, all kinds of kinds for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there, there's some days, you know, with us, you always want to, you feel like some days you need to go in there and get a song every single time you step out of the room. But I mean, sometimes it's just not happening. So uh, that's one big thing we've had to learn is just being okay with some days that you're going to go in there and just hang out. And there's nothing wrong with that. Well, I think, I think a lot of that comes from the, you know, nine, almost 10 years of being in town, you know, going in there and just getting a song that's okay. That benefits nobody. So why not really get in there and use all of your creative power when you're really on something you think is going to be beneficial to not you, but also the listener. Um, so I think we've just kind of learned that over time. Like, yeah, uh, definitely the, the best ones are the easy ones, the ones that just fall out. I had so much fun chatting with these guys and they even shared with me a little tidbit on their favorite song off their new EP. Probably came out of nowhere. That song means a lot to me. I mean, that's, Literally every time we play that song out, that's just what I tell everybody. I mean, this song means a whole lot to me because I grew up working all kind of, you know, crazy jobs over the years. And my whole family, they're still back there in Georgia, you know, working those same jobs. It's just it it, it kind of it really hits home to me. You know, you, you want to talk about authentic. I mean, that that song is it's 100 percent who I am and where I came from. So that's definitely my favorite. Mine, I love came out of nowhere, but I think mine for sure is uh, along those lines. And when we say this, we say this in our live show, uh, hey, for, for people who have never seen us play before, you've never heard our music, this song is three minutes and 30 seconds of exactly who we are and where we came from. Because that's that song, every word in that song is authentic, even up to 
Wando River and Kettle Creek. Wando yeah. River is where I'm from. Kettle Creek is where he's from. You know, we kind of we kind of took both of our towns and our upbringing, and we kind of made this almost like fictitious place that pulled from all that stuff. So it, it's the one song that if people ask, man, I don't know anything about you, play me some. It's got to be that song because that's going to tell you who Sutherland is if you don't know. <laughs> North Dakota natives Kendra and Krista make up the duo Tiger Lily. These ladies are actually sisters, and to me, there is something so fun and powerful about a family duo. So, of course, I had to know where this journey began for them. We're sisters, two years apart. Uh, we grew up in Hazen, North Dakota, which I'm sure small everyone's town. been there. Yes, <laughs> um, very small town. But we grew up very normally. Um, we were encouraged from a young age. Uh, our parents are not musical, actually, yeah. which is a, a, a common question we get asked. But they were always super supportive of, of us from a young age. They put Kendra in piano lessons. I got a guitar at the age of 10. Our grandma forced Kendra to do a talent show. And that's kind of how, yeah, Kendra discovered her love for singing and performing uh, through grandma. So thanks, grandma. Thanks, grandma Judy. <laughs> but really, like, from a young age, we kind of just... I started playing for Kendra when she would do these talent shows and then harmonizing with her as well. And I'm like, and I tried a couple on my own, but it wasn't really my thing personally. So we kind of just started playing together in that style. Like Kendra would do a show and I would back her up and sing harmony. And then we started writing songs together as well. And so we had all this music that we're like, what, what do we do with this? We have no idea. We're small town girls. Our family's super supportive, but we know nothing about the music industry and how to get our music out there. So we started uploading videos to YouTube. Um, and then around the age, I was 14, she was 16. Um, so almost almost 10 years ago now, uh, we formed the group. <laughs> Don't <Yeah>. say that. <laughs> um, I know, I'm like, Oof, we've been doing this for way too long already. Uh, yeah, so 14 and 16, we're like, we need, we need officially a band name. And we chose the name Tiger Lily. And from then on, we've been singing together, writing songs together, touring the Midwest really heavily. Uh, and I won't give you the whole story now because that's kind I know, of the it's background. Like, you're really getting detailed yeah, with this, Krista. I love it. <laughs> we, we did so much performing growing up in North Dakota. And that whole state really was supportive of us and let us open for all the big country acts coming through, which was a great experience. We got to do schools there. And it was a great place to kind of you know, work out all the kinks. Basically, I like to say some people are like, I saw you eight years ago. And I'm like, oh, dear. <laughs> it was clear from even just the first few minutes of our interview how passionate these girls were about working together. But for me, I always know there has to be an artist or a song that sparks a dream. So I was curious to know what some of Kendra and Chris's influences were growing up and how it's influenced their unique blends of sounds today. Like Krista said, our parents weren't like musicals. So they kind of just like what was whatever was on the radio would be what we were listening to. And we grew up um, in a very Christian household. So we listened to a lot of Christian music, which actually now when we write, sometimes we're like, are we singing a hymn right now or writing a hymn? I don't know. But um, so a lot of Christian music, but then just whatever was on the radio in like the early 2000s. So we listened to a lot of like Rascal Flats, a lot of Sugarland. Like Sugarland was my go-to like listening to Jennifer Nettles I'm like I loved her voice because it was so alto-y um you know I'm not quite as twangy because I'm not you know so I'm from North Dakota I'm not from I don't know where she's uh, from completely but I'm not a southern so uh but I loved listening to her alto voice and just learning so much from her in that way and like the band Perry and 
you know, later, actually later got more into the chicks. And honestly, we listened to so much, even like, this is so funny, but like Justin Bieber and Adele and Taylor Swift obviously was our homie. Um, and am I, am I missing anyone? I feel like I, like, I covered. Also like early 2000s pop too. Oh yeah, loved like early 2000s Kesha, pop. Rihanna, but yeah, we didn't have, uh, our parents didn't listen Shania, to like classic Harry. music though. It was, it was what was currently on the radio. Faith Hill. Our mom loved Faith Hill and Garth Brooks. So Garth Brooks was a huge one too. I'm like, we had, it was like not one specific artist. We had like all these random CDs, the CD collection of like one from every artist. One of the things that I think makes Tiger Lily unique is the fact that they're not only partners in music, but guys, like I said, they're sisters. So I asked the girls how being siblings helps them provide a different perspective in country music. Oh, I love that question because I feel like usually the question is like, y'all are sisters. Do you fight or like how, Wait, like we would not have to do, it has to be so along. hard being sisters and a duo. I'm like, no, no, it's so <laughs> fun. Like we wouldn't be doing this, you know, if we didn't enjoy it. So I think there's so many like advantages to, to, to doing this with your mm -hmm. sibling. If you love to do it, you know, we like our, we say like our filter, like we don't get offended by one another. So if we're like in a writing room, for instance, and you know, maybe Krista says something that I am not super in love with all, you know, I can easily tell her like, I don't think that's, you know, quite where we should go with this or, you know, vice versa. And no one's offended. We don't have that filter. And you get to share all the, mm -hmm. the highs together of this roller coaster of a career. And the lows aren't so bad because you kind of have someone to like, okay, you know, like pick you up and, and we'll get there, you know, tomorrow mm -hmm. or the next day and things like yeah. that. So, and, and I think it obvious, you said what makes being a sister duo, uh, specifically unique, uh, we get told so many times there's nothing like blood harmonies too. Mm -hmm. So literally our, our vocal cords, yes, we have different voices and sound different, but they're genetically, they're kind of the same to where we blend so well. And I've been, so I do all the harmony and I've sang harmony with other people before and I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I'm like, I've become so used to all She knows like exactly what I'm going to do when I'm going to do it. Even if I switch it up a little bit, she can like fall at this point. I've even singing. developed a unison Kendra voice yeah. as well. Like I'm it's like, like yeah, if I turn on the Kendra voice. So I'm just so used and used to singing with her and we've developed just like how tuned uh, tune we are with each other over the last eight years. And at this point, uh, I mean, yeah, we're both very capable, capable of doing other things in life and in music, but we really enjoy being a sister duo because A, there's not that many of them out there. So it's fun to do something different. And B, we, we love doing music together. Yeah. And it's, we have uh, someone for the highs and lows, like Kendra mm -hmm. said, and also uh, to like, Two is better than one, baby. You know, it takes two. <laughs> I have a sister and I can say that we do not work well together, even though we love each other a lot. So I love that Krista and Kendra are able to work together so seamlessly. Besides being sisters and having amazing harmony, what stands out to me is their name. It's something that you just don't hear often. So I had to get the inside scoop on why they chose Tiger Lily and how it represents them. The Tiger Lily flower in specific, the actual flower is the first flower to grow in our parents' flower garden, like naturally in North Dakota. So in our backyard, the, the Tiger Lilies were sprouting up everywhere. So um, it does remind us of home. It reminds us of, you know, home and where we grew up. And the second uh, reason kind of why we chose that 
at 14 and 16 and we changed the uh, the spelling of it to Thai girl Illy and a lot of people don't realize that they think we just spelled it wrong, wrong on purpose <laughs> and I'm like no it's there's a reason <laughs> it's Thai girl Illy like we you know really female through, strength through what we do we really think yeah female strength and empowerment is so important and we definitely want to be that voice and that um you know picture of that with what we do and then Chris like through through what we do we're definitely different people and so Krista like especially on stage Krista's more of the fierce like playing guitar cool uh like tiger kind of like persona persona I would say where I'm a little bit more girly and maybe a little more bubbly and more of the 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 lily we like to say so I mean we can split flop for sure Mm -hmm. you know depends on the scenario but um so that's the main reason, but yeah, it reminds us of home and it's stuck with us. I'm pretty too. sure tigerly actually means female courage, uh, is which we didn't of, know right away, which is actually <laughs> one of the definitions of that word, which is so it's, it's really cool. And I'm glad we chose a name that we still love so much mm-hmm. to this day. I think we considered a name maybe with sisters in it, but our, our last name is Slaybaugh. And it was just, it was a no. <laughs> I was like, that that's not cool. Doesn't quite have the same we, effect. <laughs> we used to go by, you know, Kendra and Krista as well. And that was like, blah, 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 blah. we don't have like Dan and Shane names. So mm-hmm. we're like, we need a new band name. Yep. Like I've said, you just don't come across many duos in country music today. So I wanted to know why the girls felt that duos are unique and what specifically they bring to the table that offers a different perspective in the country music genre. Yeah, well, we always say kudos to our solo artist friends because we think it would be uh, just this journey would be so hard to do it without anyone. Like we feel so, so lucky that we get to do this together. But I think the the special part about it is like, especially on stage when you're, or even in a writing room or anything like that, like, you just, you have two minds and you like on stage, we get to like feed off of each other and, you know, perform together. And like, it's just a party. It's And and, like, even in interviews like this, it's not, you don't have to completely rely on yourself. You always have someone you can kind of rely on and always have a plus one to the party. Yeah. (laughs) Like we moved to Nashville together. We didn't have to make that many friends. Like, yeah. Like I said, I'm a sister, and as much as I love my sister Hannah, we could not be a musical duo. First of all, we can't sing. (laughs) So as a sister and a country music fan, I had to know what their thoughts were on why they were able to work so well together. I feel like a lot of bands, you know, they eventually break up. You hear all these like, da-da-da, so-and-so, they're breaking up after so many years because they couldn't get along. And it's, I feel like it's a lot of times because if you don't know the people in your band that well, egos totally get in the way and what people want get the in the way. Or and what for, they think the band should be or exactly. the songs they should cut or there's so many things to fight over. But like for us, I know I, what I'm good at and I know like I'm a great lead vocalist and I know in the writing room, like I'm great at melodies and I'm great at conceptual things. And Krista is like... I could never do the harmony she does and how how she plays guitar and the way she phrases things. And so we really know what we're best at. And we, we're not mad about that. Like we'll, I'll compliment her all day long on what she does and vice versa. Um, We just really established our roles from an early age. It's like, we're not stepping over each other. We're not competitive. It's not like me in front of her or her in front of me. It's like, no, we're just doing this together. I'm Um, super confident for Kendra too. I'm like, she's the best vocalist ever. (laughs) You know, hyping her up all the time. As much as these girls love each other because they are family, 
I know that working together can have its challenges. So they shared with me a little bit about the hardest part of what being a duo can be. Sisters, the hardest part is just, um, you know, never being able to shut it off basically because we also live together still it's me my husband our dog and crystal lives with us too so I think I live in the basement you know and and when you're an artist I don't know if your brain really ever shuts off but like for music for us like our brains really never totally shut off and and when we're together we're always thinking about stuff so that's probably I'd say one of the harder parts um about being tirely and I was yeah it's it not even like as fact of a do I think solo artists it's the same issue it's mm-hmm. like mentally exhausting sometimes because you never feel like you're doing enough yeah basically. you're like can I do more what more can I do <laughs> um and obviously you know we get annoyed with each other every once in a while mm-hmm. because it, it would be weird if we never did like that we're happy like, all the time <laughs> like we have no emotions and like sometimes we we need space obviously like anyone would um but honestly we we get along so well um and we have the same goals in mind, but I would say, yeah, just be, being able to shut it all off and just like relax and enjoy life, you know, and, and go to a pumpkin patch or you know, something like that. Nice. Kendra and Krista have had a huge 2021. After being a duo for nearly eight years in a string of viral hits, I'm sure it's hard just to pick one moment that they're proud of. But they were able to share with me exactly what that moment was for them. For me, um, it's been the whole song of Somebody Does this year, um, which I can get more specific. But uh, that song reached so many people. We posted a little clip of it uh, in early February. And it went completely viral on Instagram and Reels um, and TikTok. Instagram and Reels, the same thing. But we, when we released it, it went to number one on the iTunes charts, all genre. So it was sitting above driver's license at the time for a period of about 48 hours. And I was like, how, like how <laughs> I, I didn't, it was crazy. Cause we had never had a song that reached that many people. And we we've since released more music, but we always talk about how glad we are that the song that's reached the most people that we've ever reached. Uh, is somebody does because it has such a powerful and meaningful message. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the most rewarding thing this year has happened is just how people have messaged us and said how much somebody does has impacted them. Uh, yeah. Like people struggling with depression and saying, hey, this song like saved my life. And I don't think it gets any better than that. Yeah, no, as far I, as a musician. I mean, yeah, we've we've had probably the best year of our career by far, like, you know, in, oh, in, our eighth, far. in our eighth year, this has been the best year of our career, but it really like, you know, signing a, signing a record deal. And we just signed a publishing deal. And, you know, we signed with a booking agency, which all these things are like total dreams come true. And goals, and it has, you know. it has been amazing and, and to work with these teams, but yeah, like Krista said, like just hearing that, like our song has saved people's lives this year or things like that. That's definitely for me, That's been the best part of this whole year. I am such a huge fan of these girls. From their unique sound, their amazing harmonies, and their contagious spirit. Guys, I just had to know what we can expect next from them. Well, I mean, we may have something ready for the Christmas season. Mm -hmm. May or may not. um, Which is going to be really, really fun. Uh, Excited about that. And just right now, we're writing a bunch. Basically kind of getting ready for, you know, the next whatever comes, whether it's a new single EP album, we don't quite know that actually yet. Like we're not just like hinting at something we don't know completely yet, <laughs> um, but always working on new music and, you know, hopefully um, booking 
a show in Chicago soon. Um, but yeah, just our, our website, tigerly.com has all of our tour dates listed. Um, and we love playing. So hopefully we're, you know, maybe jump on a tour here somewhere along the line. Um, but yeah. Wow. As always, I've learned so much from talking with these artists today. I'm not sure if it's their harmonies or the dynamic that a country duo can offer that really makes them magic. The one thing that I can say about all of these amazing country duos that I've talked to today is they sure are grateful for their country music partner in crime. And guys, as always, if you haven't already, make sure you go and check out my amazing guests. Honey County just released a new music video and a holiday song. Seaforth, well, they're on tour, and it was just announced that they're a part of Tortuga Music Festival. My guys of Muscadine Bloodline are also on the road, and make sure to check out their new single, Dispatch to 16th Ave. Sutherland, their debut EP, Boot Up, is making waves in the country music space. And the girls of Tiger Lily, well, their debut EP includes the viral hit, Somebody Does, and make sure to catch them playing down on Whiskey Row in Nashville. Once again, my name is Bobby Dixon, and I am the founder of Backstage Bobby, a country music news outlet that highlights Chicago's country music scene. Follow me on Instagram at Backstage Bobby, and be sure to subscribe to the Country Confidential podcast to hear more insider info directly from all of your favorite country music artists. Country Confidential. The All Country News Country Confidential Podcast is produced by me, Ashley Kim. I also executive produce alongside my team at Horseshoe Media. You can submit your artist, organization, or event to us at allcountrynews.com for a chance to be featured. If you love this episode, please rate and review our podcast wherever you're listening. And a huge shout out to our friends from Restless Road who recorded our amazing theme music for this podcast. All Country News. For more, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at All Country News. Visit us at allcountrynews.com to join our birthday club and subscribe to our weekly industry newsletter. Check out a new episode of Country Confidential every month right here. All Country News.